The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. This is your United States of America. Friday, February 22nd, 2019, and you are tuned into Season 3, Episode 8 of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com, presented by Hameen Media, and in association with Last Word on ProWrestling.com. On this week's show, we're talking New Japan, ROH, WOW, NXT, and of course, the crazy week in the WWE. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to remind you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news that is news from across the professional wrestling world. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at HTMPWPod, Facebook, Hitting the Marks, Twitch.tv, Hitting the Marks, email us at Hitting the Marks at gmail.com. Did I mention Hitting the Marks? My name is Jargo. I will be your host for the day, but give it up for my tag team partner, the ZSJ to my top. Michinoku, the real RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show. It's me, it's me. It said R to the V to the V. Rick Victory here. Once again, hitting the most pro wrestling podcast. How many how many platforms are we on? What are we doing anymore? I don't even know, man. I don't even know. I think it's about time that we throw the whole thing in the trash and just rewrite the show as we're going. Do it. That's the WWE way, right? Um, speaking of WWE, you know, I was going to lead this show with, uh, the best wrestler in the world signing a new contract, but there's actually a story bigger than that, that broke late yesterday. Uh, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns will be returning to Monday night raw this Monday night to give us an announcement as to how he's doing with his battle with leukemia. Rick, this infuriates me to absolutely no end because I feel like this is nothing more than another Vince McMahon publicity stunt. This is uh, this week's call up from NXT. This is Ronda Rousey in the main event. This is whatever we can do to get any kind of a rating going here. And it just irritates me. Hold on. Let's throw it back here. We're talking Roman Reigns is coming back to save Raw, right? Uh-huh. Okay. So w- which one's going to go away first? Roman's cancer or Ric Flair? Because it's also his birthday celebration next week. Oh, yes, that's right. We we do have the Nature Boy's birthday. You know, the Nature Boy's had, like, how old is Nature going to be? Like, 72? Is that right? I'm thinking, what kind of booking are we getting? Are we going to get a uh, go back to when he kissed Becky? Are we going to have that moment? I'm hoping Becky breaks his arm. Is that how Becky gets in the door? Yep, Charlotte is so pissed off that she demands a match with Becky Lynch. Now, if this was the good old days, if we're going back to the good old days, if this is Russo, you'd actually have a birthday cake and Becky would pop out of it in a bikini, rocking that bod, looking that hot, and then put Charlotte through the cake. How about this? What if 
uh, Charlotte comes out and they're celebrating and she's all proud that she's going to be in the main event of WrestleMania and daddy, aren't you proud of me? And Rick says, no, I'm not proud of you. You did not earn this opportunity. And if you were the woman that I raised you to be, you would have a singles match with Becky Lynch for that spot. What about this? What about this for a main event? Rick doesn't want DX to go in. So he challenges Shawn Michaels to one last match in the main event. I, I, you know, all of these situations are more appealing to me than an update from Roman Reigns on how his battle with cancer is going. Like, I feel like this could be done in a tweet. Well, shouldn't that be something that's private and personal? Yeah, like, and the other thing that just absolutely irritated me to no end was when Vince announced this on Twitter, go figure, he announced that Roman Reigns, a.k.a., and then used his real name. It's like, no, 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 no. Vince, you got this shit backwards. Okay, so so we we know this is happening. We, we know they're going in that direction. Can we not have this be about the shield? Can we not have Ambrose involved? Can we not have Seth involved? If you're going to do it, Single it out where it, this is something that's special on its own. Do not turn this into a gimmick right now. Yeah. If they turn this into a gimmick or some kind of an angle, I am just going to be livid. The only, there's it, only is two Brock things. Ever, is Brock ever, guys? Um, not to the best of my knowledge. There, there, There's only two things that I could forgive here. Either this is when I'm coming back or I'm retiring from the WWE. Those are the only two announcements that Roman Reigns could make that would warrant an appearance on Monday Night Raw in my mind. Okay, would this pop you? Let's say Roman's out there giving his speech and Cena's music hits, and he comes out and says, hey, I heard heard you're not feeling so well. Can I lift your spirits, buddy? (laughs) Oh, my God. That is awful and hilarious, and I love everything about it. Let's talk about the best wrestler in the world. The best wrestler in the world, his name is Kota Ibushi. And, you know, there was always one thing that we knew that Kota Ibushi would not do, and that is sign a contract. And Kota Ibushi has now signed a contract. Hell has officially frozen over. That's why we're getting all this freezing rain and all this snow and all this sleet and all this crap here in the Midwest. Hell has officially frozen over. Kota Ibushi has signed a two-year contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Huckleberry, what do you make of this? Any kind of financials on it yet? No, I have not heard any kind of financials whatsoever. Well, well I, I'm just kind of wondering, you know, with with all this buzz and everyone, you know, especially his, you know, his good friend just signing with AEW. I mean, what what was the attraction like? What made it happen now? Well, Kota has come out and said that he was offered more money to go to AEW, but he doesn't want to move to the United States and he didn't want to sign basically with a foreign entity. So he signed with new Japan pro wrestling. And now it is coming out. Coda has said that he and Kenny have not spoken since wrestle kingdom when he turned down the offer to go to AEW. And it's all, I, I almost get the impression where it's almost like, you know, you and your girlfriend like move halfway across the country for her job. And then you get offered this really, really sweet job halfway across the country. And she's like, no, fuck you. I ain't moving. Is there, is there a bigger story here? We know they're both allowed. So they're going to be open up to working with different promotions. So is it, is this really the story where Koda's defined now? He is new Japan and Kenny left. 
he ran. He's he's the guy that ran away. Is this building up to a super showdown at some point between these two promotions? That's my other curiosity is, is this the foundation of the big match that we have all been waiting for? Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi. Is this the, the foundation being laid regardless of when the match may happen? The match may not happen for two years, but is this the very foundation on which it will be built? Well, I was just going to, I was going to throw it back at you this way. Where and how does this happen? How would, what would be the perfect stage for this? Well, the perfect stage in my mind would be wrestle kingdom. Unless AEW has a show bigger than wrestle kingdom at that point, which is very, very hard for me to fathom in my mind. Well, you know, in, I'm looking at these these two Rams headbutting. Maybe this would be a perfect headliner for that AEW show in the UK. It's kind of that middle ground. Well, yeah, but I mean, you're talking years away, man. Like, I don't, I don't think this match is going to happen for at least two years. I don't think this match happens while Kota Ibushi is under exclusive contract to New Japan Pro Wrestling. See, that's the key word, this exclusive we keep hearing. Because Cody's supposed to be exclusive to AEW, but he's already come out and said he's free to work places. So can they come together on something? I think they can, but it's a matter of will they. Of course, we'll know a whole lot more after Madison Square Garden. And hey, it might be a, might be a, a, a great reason to get people on a boat. I can't imagine they would blow that off on the Jericho Cruise. I think I think they want to do that in front of sixty thousand people at least. Agreed. Uh, big show coming up March sixth is going to be New Japan's anniversary show. We do have a couple of match announcements at this point. Jushin Thunder Liger is going to be taking on Taiji Ishimori for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, and Los Ingobernables taking on Rapungi 3K for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. And then there was another match teased early this morning that Rick and I are going to talk about here in just a little bit. Directly after the anniversary show is how this all kind of ties into Ibushi because that's when the New Japan Cup starts. Rick, I guess this is my my million-dollar question to you. The main event of Madison Square Garden is going to be Jay White defending the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship against the winner of the New Japan Cup. So you're going to have Tanahashi in there. You're going to have Ibushi in there. You're going to have Okada in there. You're going to have Naito in there. You're going to have Zack Sabre Jr. in there. Who do you think walks out with the New Japan Cup and walks into the Garden to challenge for the title? Well, that's going to be one of the headlines. I mean, you're, you're selling Ring of Honor short here. I mean, they have to have their end of this, right? There, there, there's not a match Ring of Honor can put on that's going to top that. I, that will be the main event. So, obviously, it's got to be Kota, right? I think it's got to be Ibushi. I mean, the best story at this point would be Okada. But I don't want Jay White to beat Okada again already. And the same thing with Tanahashi. And I think well, you want to save Naito for Wrestle Kingdom next year. Well, this goes back. This goes back to a conversation you had the other day over in, in Facebook on the Hami Media Group discussion group. Is it too quick? And I know how much how much you the value of the championship. Could they switch the title again? I don't think so. I mean, whoever's going to line up against White is. Gonna... 
So do you wait? Do, do you have Obushi lose to him? Or do you save that winning? Well, see, and this is where the Ring of Honor match kind of comes into play, too. Because what I would want to do is a disqualification, a count out, Jay White runs away with the title, something like that. But then you would have to have a match go on after that. And I don't know, Jay Lethal versus anybody in Ring of Honor just does not feel like a match big enough to headline Madison Square Garden to me. What about Aldis? Only if it's title for title. What if we go all the way through the cup and there's a swerve there, like where Jericho comes out and destroys the guy afterward and says, this is, I want my spot. I want my shot. You could do Jericho versus Jay White, but then you're, you're doing a very heel versus heel dynamic inside of the garden. And I, that, that crowd is going to go with Jericho. And do you want Jericho turned babyface by a Madison Square Garden crowd? Uh, I, I think, no, you naturally would go with that. You have Jericho play off where he's representing AEW. He is, he's representing New York. He's representing that company that you're supposed to be showing up against, that you're stepping it up. So, yes, they're going to gravitate towards him. They're going to cheer for him. That Think about that heat that you can put on on Jay White there to steal that win. So what about this? How about Kota Ibushi wins the New Japan Cup? Jericho takes out Ibushi. So it plays into the Jericho versus Omega storyline at double or nothing. And then you can have Jericho challenge Jay White at Madison Square Garden. It, it all it, it kind of works together, doesn't it? It writes itself. Yeah, that, that does kind of write itself. We'll go with that. That's my prediction for the New Japan Cup. Chris Jericho. <laughs> How about that? Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about Azuka. Azuka, the great betrayer. Uh, Huckleberry Azuka had his retirement show. Uh, let's see. This is Friday, so that would have been Thursday morning in the States. Did you get a chance to watch any of that show? I have to complain. I have not seen this one. Um, so Izuka is basically the heel of all heels when it comes to Japanese pro wrestling. If Izuka is in a faction, he is going to turn on that faction. He is the great betrayer. He has turned on like four different factions inside of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And this entire story has been built around him and his good friend Tenzan. And this feud goes all the way back to like 2008. All right. These two guys have been feuding. They were former tag team partners. Hazuka turned on him. That was when Great Bash Heel was a thing, which became chaos, and then Suzuki Goon, all over the place, right? But so this whole thing has been built around Tenzan trying to tap into Azuka's humanity to bring back his old friend. And so he's been wearing, like, you know, his old tag team t-shirts to the ring, and Azuka's ripping them up and all kinds of crazy stuff. So Azuka gets pinned by Tenzan, which seemingly makes sense. But afterwards... They go for the big handshake, the big like reunion, right? Because that's what everybody wants to see is the big reunion. And Azuka goes and he like stops his hand. He's holding on to his arm so he doesn't shake Tenzan's hand. And then he finally shakes Tenzan's hand. And then he spins that motherfucker around and puts him in a sleeper. And then the other guys from Suzuki Goon grab him and he puts on the iron glove and he hits Tenzan in the throat and he walks out. And that's the end of Azuka. It was great, man, because 
the great betrayer had his final betrayal. It was fantastic. It's kind of like you're just waiting for like Judas to get his. Yeah. It was great stuff. And then like the crowds chanting for Azuka to come out and like do a curtain call and everything. But he's with Suzuki goon and they don't do that shit. So they never do come out. The crowd like sits there and chants for like 10, 15 minutes and Azuka never comes out. Everybody just gets up and goes home. It was great. Great stuff. So so going so, so going forward with them now, so how do you do this next time? Like have him show up early? Like we're just like, all right, where are you guys? Well, no, he's done. Like that was it. That was his retirement. I know, but I mean, wouldn't you mess with people like that? <laughs> I'm wondering if somebody's going to replace him in Suzuki Goon. That's what I'm wondering. Is there anybody in New Japan pro wrestling right now that you're just like, I want to see them in Suzuki Goon? Chris Jericho. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's actually a pretty good fit. I would like to see that. So let's talk a little bit about Honor Rising, sticking with the New Japan theme. Honor Rising Night 1 actually went down this morning. And like the New Japan nerd that I am, I, of course, watched this entire show. Uh, show kicks off with Marty Skrull's grand return to Japan. That was an interesting dynamic because this is really the first time any of the elite guys are being seen in Japan since the elite left. And boy, let me tell you, they were happy to see Marty. Well, we're talking about a super show. I can't believe we didn't even mention Marty. What what spot is he going to have on that? Well, maybe. Well, is there any chance that Marty Skrull actually wins the NWA World Heavyweight Championship from Nick Aldis? You know, going back and thinking about, you know, Bound by Honor, how great all this was, I just don't even know if that's the right move. I mean, he's such a great champion. He, the way he presents himself, the way he brings it, just just Marty holding it, elevate that a little bit more. I mean, just because it's not getting any push. It's not getting the notoriety. It's not being delivered to us the way that the NWA world champion should be. Remember, the other aspect is Marty's contract. Well, it's right after that, right? So do you use Marty until then to build this thing up to really hype that? That's 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 possible. That's possible. That that match is going down at ROH's 17th anniversary. We'll talk about that one as it gets a little bit closer. Uh, Marty taps out in arena. Nothing, nothing big to talk about. And then your second Young Lion Massacre was uh, Shota Umino taking on Zack Sabre Jr. Shota Umino, of course, the son of Red Shoes. And, Rick, this match was awesome. These two went, Shota Umino went 15 minutes with Zack Sabre Jr., and he was not wrestling like a young lion at all. In fact, he's hungry. He's getting, but who was refereeing? It was not red shoes. Okay. I, I had to make sure on that one. Um, but the thing that I thought was very interesting is at the very opening of the match, Taka's out there and he's doing his, you know, come on over here and just tap out. And Shota like runs over and gives that motherfucker a drop kick. Like you ain't never seen in your life, which really stood out to me because he's a young lion. Young lions don't get to do that kind of stuff. There was a lot of moves he was using inside of this match that I was like, whoa, young lion uh, moveset, kid. What are you doing? He's wearing knee pads already. I think Shota's about ready to go on excursion. Well, I was going to say, what's, what is this setting up? You know, you have to have the breakout match. You have to develop to find yourself, move up a little bit. So this was allowing him to shine. They're letting him go. Where's he heading now? Is he is he going to head to Mexico? Is he going to come to Ring of Honor? 
I think he goes to Rev Pro, which is why I think he was in this match with Zack Sabre Jr. Very fitting setup. Let's let's up your game. Let's see what you've got. Let's step up to this level, this style. Very nice. Yeah, I, I, I watch out for Shota Umino and Rev Pro. Maybe our maybe our buddy Joe can get a couple of words with Shota, assuming that he speaks anything other than Japanese. Let's talk about what is. All, I'm already dubbing this my favorite match of the year. I'm not saying this is the match of the year. I'm saying this is going to be my favorite match that I see this year. It's Jonathan Gresham and Jushin Thunder Liger taking on Robbie Eagles and Taiji Ishimori. This, of course, building to the big anniversary show with Liger versus Ishimori, right? So this match starts off. And it's Gresham and Eagles, and they're out there, and they're basically making their case for why they should be in the best of the Super Juniors. These two guys go out there, and they just tear the freaking house down for about five minutes. And then the tag is made to Ishimori. And, of course, Ishimori, he wants the legend. So Liger gets in the ring, right? Liger grabs Ishimori in a headlock, bounces him off the ropes, does the drop down. Ishimori hits the ropes again, comes back, and Liger rolls that motherfucker up for a three. And Ishimori loses his mind. It takes like six guys to restrain Ishimori from killing Jushin Liger, who is celebrating and pointing to his head. I outsmarted this kid. I cannot wait for this match, dude. It's ridiculous how quickly they have rebuilt Jushin Thunder Liger. Well, this thing is this thing has had some heat under it. This thing's been boiling. I mean, it's been waiting for a little bit. And to see that he gets him. And again, you know, he wants to challenge that legend. He wants a part of him. And to see Liger say, hey, this cat's got some tricks. You're going to have to learn some things if you want to catch up to me. This is, this is fuel for it. 30 seconds, man. Liger pinned him in 30 seconds. It was great. Absolutely fantastic storytelling. I give it eight stars. Eight stars. Would have been 10 stars if it would have happened in the Dome. That's how good that match was. Toa Hanare, Honma, David Finley, and Juice Robinson take on G.O.D. and the Briscoes. And this match goes exactly the way that you think it would. I was just say, say that again. G.O.D. and the Briscoes. G.O.D. and the Briscoes. Now, of course, they've got Jado at ringside. So I already knew the finish of this match. And sure enough, here's what happens. Mark Briscoe gets thrown into the ropes. Jado accidentally hits him with a kendo stick. Juice makes the pin. And the Briscoes and G.O.D. are going to have a fight. And they have a fight. It is an all-out brawl between the Tongans and the Briscoes. It was great. It was it was an absolutely perfect match. Hey, you want to talk about a headliner for especially for some for tag team wrestling? People around the globe would line up anywhere for to see that happen. So do we still got do we still have the Bullet Club block party coming up? Uh-huh. Briscoe's gonna ruin it. How about how about we get G O D versus the Briscoes at Madison Square Garden? I'm going to say, is that a perfect setup? I mean, it's a perfect setup. Absolutely. Give me that match. Hey, I'll go as far. I'll go as far to say, if I see that setup at the block party, that's more exciting to me than Jericho and Omega too. Yeah. I would love to see that match. Just get two badass tag teams in there and let them go to work. Great stuff. 
Does it have to happen at MSG? Let it happen all over the city. Show up at Big Ray's house, beat each other up. Show up at Billy Ray's house, beat each other. Like you're fighting all over. It's a it's a true street fight. Hell, they might all go all the way over to Jersey and just whip the shit out of Bello and his tag team partner Enzo Amore. I mean, he just keeps him in the closet. Well, and then you just see uh, Gooch in the like in the background with his sign up. <laughs> oh, that was great. Uh, never open weight six man tag titles on the line. And Rick, you, I, I got to tell you, when it comes to worst match of the year, this one might this one might be up there, man. Taguchi Japan, your current six man tag title holders. Yeah, Taguchi, Yano, and Makabe taking on the Ring of Honor trio of Cheeseburger, Delirious, and Colt Cabana. Hold on. Speaking of speaking of our uh, our Wednesday crew over there in the locker room, isn't they're going to be at the MSG show taking on? Well, Colts filling in here. You got called out on that. Billy Ray had some exceptions, which you had to say about him on that. Yeah, well, you know that happens. That happens. Huckleberry Club is fine. Huckleberry Club is absolutely fine. This match was not fine. This match was an absolute car wreck because, well. Yano was in it, so it's exactly what you expect. Uh, let's talk about the next match, though, because that match was awesome. Will Ospreay takes on Dalton Castle for the Never Openweight Championship. I thought it was a very nice touch. Dalton Castle comes out with Japanese boys. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. And then Osprey comes out in his full Assassin's Creed uh, get up. Osprey gets the win here. Rick, this was a really, really good match. And the slow burn turn of Dalton Castle continues because he was absolutely working as the heel in this match. And not just because he was the white guy, because he was taking on another white guy. A, little, a lot of white going on in that ring. But hey, we're, we're still feeling that, that slow little turn from him. So now this is where things get interesting. Will Ospreay has laid down the challenge for the anniversary show. He wants the Switchblade Jay White. Ospreay and White at the New Japan anniversary show, which begs the question, where is the champ? Why wasn't the champ on the Honor Rising shows? Thought that was rather interesting. But Osprey does that. You know how he does that like weird pose thing with his fingers and like extends them out? Well, before he did that, he did the Kiwi throat slash thing. And then into that thing. Is this where Will Osprey is going to join the Bullet Club? You've been calling it for a long time. You've been waiting for this. So is, is it time to kind of come full circle on it? Finger poke at doom? All right, how much would you would that devastate you? How much would you hate that? Or are you going to sit and praise it? Are you going to pull a Meltzer and praise when they do it? Because it sounds absolutely terrible. Oh, it, it'll be awful. And I, but I'm just thinking like the the New Japan audience has probably never seen that. But like, isn't that such a switchblade thing to do? Or maybe well, let's go this route. Maybe he comes out and he offers membership. In the match, just playing never happens. Right. Do you want this opportunity or do you want this shirt? Uh, don't do it, Osprey. Don't do it. Even though I think it's going to happen. He's still doing that damn elbow. He did the elbow thing to Dalton Castle. Straight knocked him out cold and then hit him with that crazy 
what's he call it? The the storm breaker. It, he sets it up like a pedigree and then flips it into like a spinning net breaker thing. Impressive to do that to Dalton Castle. ROH TV championship on the line. Jeff Cobb, defending champion, taking on Hiroki Goto. Of course, these two guys don't like each other. This has been going on for a while, and this is another match that I could absolutely see happening in the garden. Uh, Jeff Cobb retains the title here. I actually thought they might give it to Goto just to set up a, a rematch inside of MSG. Good match. I just These two guys have zero personality. Well, I, I just think it's probably nice to see, you know, Cobb return to New Japan to that atmosphere with a championship. Yeah, and, and especially a championship that Goto wants because Goto likes taking championships from white guys, although Jeff Cobb's not really a white guy. Uh, Jay Lethal, Kazuchika Okada, and Hiroshi Tanahashi in the main event, all teaming together to take on the kingdom. This was a good match, too. Um but it's like we're this is all building to Matt Taven versus Jay Lethal, and there was no action between Matt Taven and Jay Lethal in this match. Well, you've got again, you know, you, this is how you know, just is more of a New Japan style where you you tease these things through tag matches, but we don't get any interaction with them. There's nothing that really put any heat on that program. You know, going back, we you know at, at Bound for Honor. We kind of put down that match because, yeah, it was more about those two just having their scrum on the outside. But we didn't get any of that here, did we? No, nothing. I saw some highlights from this one. I, I sought this one out because I wanted to see how the story was going to progress here. And I was like, did I miss something? Because we didn't even get anything that's – it was more – I mean, it wasn't even dangling a worm out there. It, it was nothing that the, – There was nothing that really added to this feud at all. Except for Lethal getting the pin on Vinny, which we've seen before. So night two continues tonight. Uh, here is the card for tonight's show. There's a couple of matches on here I'm actually really, really looking forward to. Uh, Suji, Narita, and Shota Umino take on Cheeseburger Delirious and Colt Cabana. I actually think the Young Lions might get a win tonight. I almost think they're the favorites. <laughs> Sad but true. Toa Hanare, Jonathan Gresham take on the team of Taka Michinoku and Zack Sabre Jr. I think that'll be a really good match. Marty Skrull takes on Robbie Eagles. That'll be fantastic. Will Ospreay and Hiroki Goto take on Dalton Castle and Jeff Cobb. Shingo and Nato take on Vinny Marcellia and Matt Taven. Rick, this is uh, where things start to get interesting on this show. Your ROH World Championship match. Jay Lethal takes on friend of the show, TKO Ryan. Looking forward to that matchup a lot. And then we have the tag team championships on top. Evil and Sonata take on G.O.D. for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. And then we have the ROH Tag Team Championships on the line as Lifeblood, represented by Finjuice, will be taking on the Briscoes. So what are you thinking? The Briscoes cost G.O.D. the match and G.O.D. cost the Briscoes the match? Or do we get all four of them with titles and a stare down at the end of the night? I think we see each team just go straight up and win. And then, and like you were saying, where maybe the Briscoes come out or I guess it's wherever there you put, you want to have where G.O.D. maybe sets a challenge. I like it. I like it. Let's uh, go ahead and throw things over to WOW 
the women of wrestling, because Rick, we haven't had a chance to talk about the big angle from last week. We have a new women of wrestling champion and her name is Miss Tessa Blanchard. But Rick, I, I, I have a couple of issues here. All right. Now we all know that we're wow homers. I'm a big fan of the show. So two weeks ago, Santana Garrett and Jungle Girl pinned Tessa Blanchard. And so the title is contested. David McLean comes out last week with the contested title and says, tonight it's going to be Jungle Girl taking on Tessa Blanchard for the WOW Championship because Santana Garrett was not in attendance. Why didn't we just wait and do Jungle Girl versus Santana Garrett? Why did Tessa even get this match? Well, all right, we're talking about technicalities or, you know, just travel issues here. Or they're saving that match for later. I don't know. Kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Just a, 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 the, the lack of continuity inside of the booking. Did, did they make mention of it? No. Which was very so, unwild-like. So, so I did see it. So that's what I'm saying. So they're saving that for a bigger event. There's a bigger program coming for that, which which I think kind of does a disservice to Jungle Girl. Which it almost kind of writes her out of it. Absolutely. And that's that's the issue that I have. And for for her second place uh, trophy, Jungle Girl looks like she is going to be interjected into a feud with the Beast. Uh, Rick, this girl is something else. And how that's not a, that's not a program I want to be put into. How how every company on the face of the planet is not beating down this woman's door. I don't understand. Uh, you know, we heard going into the Women of Wrestling show, uh, if you go back and find the interview with David McClain, he even says, the Beast is a phenom. I'm all in on the Beast. This girl's freaking awesome. Well, when you, when you were talking about the best female talents in the world, who should be seeking them out? Who should be bringing them in? She's got to be right there in the top three. Maybe you, people you know, talk about Tessa and like a Char Char for a huge match. You put Beast in any one of those spots. Actually, if I'm the NWA, I am beating down that door to get Jazz versus Beast. You want to talk about a headliner, get on anywhere to bring attention to your promotion, to your program. That's what they should be doing. If you're not watching the women of wrestling, you are absolutely missing out on that girl. Uh, Two other girls that we have uh, gotten ourselves uh, familiar with a little bit. Last week on the show, we had Miss Abilene Maverick, and uh, we talked a little bit about Steffi Slays. Well, you know, of course, I had to give Steffi a bit of a chance to retort. So here is our interview with Miss Steffi Slays, the genuine millennial of the women of WOW. We'll be right back after the break to talk all the craziness from WWE this week, and I got a feeling there's going to be a rant or two. We'll be right back. Say what you gotta say. Yeah. Turn around around the other way. Yeah, read it, read it. Yeah, you said it. That's the price I gotta pay. So keep doing what you're doing if it feels right. Is that really what it takes to make you sleep at night? You didn't have to look me up. Now I'm looking down at child. You don't like what you see. Deleted. I don't know what you want me to be. 
keep it inside You could ignore what I say Yeah, what I say No, I got nothing to hide Plus, you don't know where I stay Know where I stay It's not about you, it's about me What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? Welcome back to this very special edition of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com, presented by Hameen Media, and in association with Last Word on ProWrestling.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day, but let's welcome in our guest. She is a 22-year-old prodigy inside of the business. She's known as the hustler, three jobs, two side gigs, full-time student, and quite the impressive Instagram account. She's the multitasking millennial, Miss Steffi Slays, Miss Slays, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Well, we appreciate you taking the time. I, I heard that you're a bit under the weather, so so we'll we'll try to keep this, you know, as quick as painless as possible. Yes, I am, but I'm here and I'm all yours. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, Miss Slays, you're one of, if not the youngest members of the WOW roster. But the first question that we ask to all of our guests, when did you discover your love of professional wrestling? Kind of who was on top at the time and who were some of your earliest influences in the business? You know, that that question um, to me has been uh, a question that just fascinates me because I honestly did not find wrestling. Um, I I would say wrestling has found me and my life because I was going through so much depression and my time during that year, I was barely 18, um, bullied and just um, emotionally depressed. Um, So I was introduced to wrestling by Sofia Lopez, who is the attorney for WOW and it's my mom's best friend. And she said, I think you should come try this um, wow, women are wrestling and see if this might actually cure you or make you feel better and release some tension that, that you were going through in that year. So I checked it out and I absolutely fell in love with wrestling and wrestling cured my depression, made me a better person. And now I'm very passionate about it. So I love telling people that. <laughs> Fantastic. That's a that's a very interesting uh, way of getting into the business. I hadn't heard of that one before. Exactly. I'm I'm the opposite way. Usually people are fans at first, they watch it on television, then they fall in love with it, and then they actually do it. I was the complete opposite. I knew nothing about wrestling. Nothing. Actually my brother, my little brother was the, the wrestling uh fan growing up. And and I started doing it. I went to training and I fell in love with it. And now I love watching wrestling and it just became a big part of my life now. So at your young age, as you're watching professional wrestling, chances are that you're watching it through a little bit different lens than somebody like myself, who's, you know, damn near pushing 40. And I've been watching professional wrestling almost as long as you have been alive. Right. So, (laughs) yeah. So as you're viewing the landscape inside of professional wrestling right now, what are you seeing from your perspective? You know, for me, it's a lot of like um, history. I'm, I'm learning so much about the history of wrestling. Um, Selena Major is my trainer um, and she is known by Bambi from back in the day. I actually just got off with- the phone with her. Yes, so I'm so lucky to have her as a trainer because she is giving me the 411 on 
everything about wrestling. Every single day before we start our training, we would sit down and she'll show me videos from, um, you know, like wrestling from the 80s, all the way from the 80s and, and like the beginning of time and then WWF and WWE and and just everything. So I just, I'm always... I feel like I'm a I'm in a wrestling history class when I go to training. I love it so much. <laughs> I love that she referred to the '80s as the beginning of time. Uh, <laughs> so as, as you're watching, <laughs> as you're watching these clips, how are you watching them? I mean, I, I have to assume that you're watching YouTube videos and, and Twitter gifts and and whatever's on Facebook. Or are you sitting down with the WWE Network? How is somebody as yourself getting this education in the history of professional wrestling? Um, yeah, it's a lot of it's on YouTube, um, just like old VHS tapes that we would get from the libraries, or um, sometimes she'll have some CDs. Um, it, it's, you know, the older stuff, it's a little bit harder to find, um, but that's where I rely on Selena to help me with the material because she grew up collecting, um, you know, the, the VHSs and the CDs and the tapes and everything. So most of it is actually coming from her. Um, and then lots of it would be from YouTube. And unfortunately, it's not the whole entire match or the whole entire show. Sometimes I'm like so into the YouTube video and I want to see it. And then it just cuts off and it's not even the end of the match. I'm like, no, I want to see who wins. <laughs> so I spend like the whole day trying to find just the finish. And most of the time I do find it, but there are, there are moments where I can't find it at all. And I'm just sitting at home wondering how did the match end <laughs> okay so so let's uh I, I i'm curious now you've sparked my interest what is your okay. go, what is your go-to match on youtube when you're you're sitting at home alone you're bored out of your mind and you're like you know what i i, I really want to watch that match again what match are you punching up um oh that's a hard one because there's so many good ones um, right now, I guess if I were to talk about the moment, it would be, um, I really like, um, Leilani, um, Leilani Kai. She's, I feel like she's a very strong, powerful wrestler. Um, and we're talking once again, like from Selena time. Um, and then someone who is recent, I would say Bailey. She's full of, of character and color and just funk and she's just, so energetic to watch in the ring. And then, of course, I really like Batista. I like the way how he wrestles. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a forever going question, like, answer, because everything, everything that I watch, I just love everything that people do in their matches and the way how they, they bring out their personality and the characters into it. Fantastic. You've made quite the impact for being so young into the business. And I think one of those reasons is your presence on social media. You heard me tout your Instagram account there at the top of the show. Tell us a little bit about your approach to social media and how you're using it as a tool to further your professional wrestling career. Yeah, social media. I love it so much. Um, I love that you can whatever you're doing in the moment, you're, you can put it out there so people can see what's going on. It's a quick way to advertise and, and to let people know what's going on. For example, our TV show that's coming out, um, it's the easiest way for me to communicate with my fans, friends, and family about what they thought about the show and the episode and things like that. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a, 
I like to engage with them, and, and for social media, it's, it's a huge, huge tool in order to be right there in the moment with your fans. All right, so so here's what we need from you, Miss Slays. We we need a little bit of a tip. We need some insider tips here. Here at HTMPW Pod, we 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 just in the past couple of weeks finally launched our official Instagram account. Give us some tips here because I'm looking at this interface and I think this is the most unuser friendly thing on the face of the planet. And then I look at your Instagram account and it's like, okay, this girl's got this thing figured out. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I would just say just have fun with it. You know, a lot of people think, you know, it's it's like a job and, and they stress out about it. And I really don't think you have to put in so many thoughts into it. You just got to have fun with it. You got to put what you feel. You got to put pictures that that you want to express to people um, and, and just interact with people. Uh, you know, and then there's, you know, there's... Um, there's like a business tool option for every social media site, you know, for Instagram. It kind of gives you the the chart of like when it's the best time to post and how many times people are logged on on social media. So those are always very helpful too. And, and that's free. It doesn't cost anything. You just kind of have to go on your settings and set that up. But other than that, you just, you just really have to have fun and and be there and, and communicate with the people that's what they want they want to know about you they want to talk to you and that's just pretty much the best way i've been approaching it well see i i think right there is the core problem people want to talk to you people don't want to talk to me they don't want to talk to you. i'm not nearly <laughs> as interesting as you are now miss lays what we have to ask you about a couple of the ongoings that we've seen taking place on WOW since the big debut on Access TV. You can keep up with the show every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Access TV. On the debut episode, you seemingly had this terrible trick pulled on you as friend of the show, Miss Abilene Maverick, kind of ribbed you into a matchup with another phenom inside of WOW, otherwise known as The Beast. Let's, let's kind of start with this matchup. Beast is such an imposing figure how do you begin to game plan for a woman like that it is she is a very strong intimidating person <laughs> um you know i just gotta work hard um i try not to um bring myself down because of her size i try not to compare myself to her size because realistically like come on who else is going to look like the beast? <laughs> so the best way to approach um, that match for me was to just get the, you know, as strong as I possibly could get. And I had to learn moves that would probably um, trick the beast. That was, that was kind of like my mindset. I needed to figure out how to trick her because she is a strong girl to bring down. And, and, you know, a lot of tight movements that I was hoping to trip her up, but luckily it didn't work out that way. <laughs> well, now, being the multitasking millennial, are, are, are you approaching these wrestling matches from an analytical standpoint? Like, are you, are you trying to play money ball during a wrestling match? Oh, no, no, definitely not. I, I don't think that's the way that I would want to go with the Beast, that's for sure. But then, then. Yeah, on... no, yeah, it, it's. 
then on the other hand, you have Miss Abilene Maverick. We, we saw another backstage segment with the two of you after her matchup on the debut episode. She really seems to have an issue with you, Miss Slays. I actually talked to her earlier today, and, and she basically told me that this is a one-sided rivalry at this point, that her messing with you is just how what she finds entertaining to do backstage. Do you have a response for Miss Maverick? Um, I, I figured that's what she was trying to do. She's just trying to intimidate me and to pretty much stop wrestling. But, you know, I'm not going to give her what she wants. And she can pick at me all she wants. But I'm, I'm not going to, first of all, I'm not going to respond the same way as she's, as she's, you know, affecting me. I'm just, just going to be the bigger person, ignore it. And hopefully she gets bored and move on to the next person. That's usually what they end up doing anyways. <laughs> now, we, as I've been doing these interviews all day, I, I keep asking one question. You know, there, there's been one woman inside of the WOW universe who has come in and just made this incredible splash. And her name is Miss Tessa Blanchard going right after Santana Garrett and the WOW Championship. As a woman that's been in WOW for a while now, how, how do you feel about Tessa kind of coming in and shooting herself straight to the top? Um, you know, everyone comes in with their their reasonings and their and their way of showing it. Um, and you know, I I really I have respect for all the women, including Tessa. Um, I just don't really like the way how she attacked Santana's dad. I you know that wasn't that was unnecessary. You know, you're here to to come after the belt and and that would be Santana but at the same time you don't want to destroy a family you don't want to hurt others if, if there's no reason to do it that was just very unnecessary it was very rude um you know everyone is coming here to to get the belt but you know there, there's a there's a way to do it you know without having to do so much harm to people who don't deserve harm now, Miss Slays, one final question that I need to ask you. I, I myself have a 15-year-old daughter. I, I, You know, she's a whole lot closer to your age group than I am. And I know one of the things that she is so big on going throughout her high school career and, and kind of just the way that your entire generation goes about things is goals and setting them and their calendar on their phones and, and the, all these instant reminders. What's on your goal chart for the rest of this season inside of the WOW Superheroes universe? Um, my goal for the WOW um, universe would be to be the best that I can be and and to just keep improving my skills and challenging myself and to just keep moving forward and to, and to just leave a positive impact. Um, like I said, we're all here for the win, but my priority is, is really isn't the win. My priority is to just keep growing as a person and to show other women and men that no matter how hard things get, you're going to make it out through the other side and it's just going to be for the best. Fantastic. We look forward to seeing how your story develops throughout this season of WOW Superheroes on Access TV. Catch the show Friday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Access TV. Uh, Miss Slays, if people want to get to know you a little bit better, if they want to follow you on social media and especially Instagram, why don't you tell the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks how to find you? Yeah, definitely. 
Um, Instagram and Twitter, it would be wow underscore Stephanie. Fantastic. Well, Miss Lace, thank you very much. Best of luck going forward inside of the WoW universe, and hopefully we get a chance to sit down and talk again soon about your progression as this season continues. Thank you so much. I had so much fun here. big fish with their song everything sucks yep that's kind of where i'm at when it comes to the wwe huckleberry i i don't know if i have ever been more disenchanted as a pro wrestling fan when it comes to the wwe than i am this week and it seems as though there's a few people out there that agreed with me there's good news and bad news coming out of monday night raw this week the good news is they drew a 1.96 rating, which is well above the average for 2019 of a 1.78. The bad news is 619,000 people turned the show off between the time that it started and the time that the main event featuring Ronda Rousey ended. Uh, This show, this week, inside of the WWE, things are just all over the place, man. Well, you know, there were so many questions this week 
you start off the show, it's so hot, you know, and I think it confused a lot of people. Like, you got this great announcement that you're going to have these NXT stars. And again, they don't really, it's nothing that's, they don't even bring them out. It's not like when ECW invaded or anything, or like when Rob Van Dam and Sabu showed up. They say, hey, they're going to show up on the show this week. And then you, then what's the next thing you do? You roll out Baron Corbin. Baron freaking Corbin. Chancellor's Corbin. And out of nowhere, we're going to have a tables match. What? Okay, let's start there. Let's start there. Let's 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 go ahead and, and, and get that one out of the way. Let's talk about Braun and Baron Corbin in a tables match. Um, so this match goes almost 15 minutes. Almost 15 minutes. And you know who's stupid? Who's incredibly stupid? Baron Corbin. So the night before, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley come out and they help Baron Corbin beat up Braun Strowman because there's no disqualification. Guess what, jackasses? There's no disqualification in a tables match either. Where the hell were you then? Well, you know, it just goes back to what we talked about. You know, going back to Monday in the locker room, where is the continuity through this thing? Why aren't they playing to these rules? What these observations? Does, does every, is everyone just abandoned? Braun Strowman right now? Where is any kind of assistance? Where is anything with him? Braun Strowman has no friends. Friendless Braun Strowman. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I, I was saying months ago that people are going to get tired of this Braun Strowman thing. And I think we're there. I think people are just kind of sick of Braun Strowman. And you know what did it was when Roman Reigns had to leave and they had just turned Braun heel like two weeks before that. And then they immediately turn him back babyface. He hasn't gotten any traction since that turn whatsoever. I think this is just a reoccurring thing with him. It's this time of year. They don't know what to do with him. They don't know how to present him. They just know they have a big man on their hands. This is WrestleMania season Strowman. He doesn't have any spot on that card. I mean, it's, it's almost like he's gearing up again. You know, you see the tri- triple team on him. Is he set up to go back to the Battle Royal? I, I still feel what, like... What's, what's his story? What's his logical point here? I still feel like it somehow ends up Braun versus Drew. And I don't think that does a favor for either one of those guys. To me, that screams pre-show right now. All of WrestleMania screams pre-show to me right now. It's a seven-hour pre-show. It's a seven-hour pre-show. Uh, here's a match that could be on the pre-show. Let's just get all this crap out of, out of the way right away. Lucha House Party defeats the General Bros. Like, this was on Monday Night Raw. Why is this not on main event? No, I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you here. This is a story we need on Raw so that we're not seeing Baron Corbin for six segments during our show. This is an undertold story here that we that has room that this is a position it should be in. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is there's nothing else to actually carry the show up. Like, this is the meat and potatoes of the show. So let's talk about this. Oh, my biggest issue is Lucha House Party, not not the other team. Oh, well, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you there in, in any way, shape, or form. So let's talk about this NXT thing. Um, so we get these four random call-ups, and everybody kind of loses their mind. That call-up's a showcase. 
It was stupid, is what it was. And they pissed away two fucking years worth of storytelling just for the sake of doing a showcase on Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night SmackDown. And then, on Wednesday, they just pretended like nothing ever fucking happened. And then, at the fucking TV tapings, they just pretended like nothing ever fucking happened. You're not supposed to remember that. You're not supposed to remember the years of story that you've got in DIY. You're supposed to you're supposed to kind of pop because it's the first revival. And then that that was my biggest issue. You've just put down your brand new tag team champion. You've essentially have reconfirmed everything that we have been talking about that your tag team wrestling on the red and blue absolutely suck. I, at the reading, the descriptions off of cue cards in Lafayette, Louisiana, this was awful. This was awful. There, like, there's no way that you can frame this as a good thing. Well, I, I'll tell you the, the biggest disservice they did to these sounds is the way they shot this thing. When you're looking at Ciampa and, and Johnny in there, they look like Sasha, Sasha and Bailey. The way they shot both that wide shot and yet this faraway audience, they did them absolutely zero favors. They finally got it right with Black because they kept him tight. They kept everything right there where he looked like a star. They've already exposed the DIY. It was, it was just ridiculous. I, I I feel like I could do an hour show just about how much I hate the WWE for ruining this goddamn story. I think you should call Bello. You two should get on the phone on this thing. So they have the match with the Revival. And then on Tuesday on SmackDown, they have the match with the Bar. And I, I just don't understand that. Like, they looked so small compared to Sheamus and Cesaro. And I almost felt like that was the point. Just downsize them. Hey, this is a point you don't belong here. You're always going to be there. And then Monday, they bring them out in Lafayette, Louisiana, where nobody's going to know who they are. Almost like a blow to your ego. Like, oh yeah, you think you're big shit. Here you go. There's nobody who knows who you are here. Well, it's even like, do you agree with pairing Ricochet with Finn Balor? Eh. Eh. You know what they really should have done? They should have just repeated the halftime heat match for a different, for a larger scale. You know what they should have done? You need content. You need content. So what do you do? Oh, well, let's do two tag matches. No, why don't you do four fucking singles matches? And then you don't ruin the goddamn story that's been going on for two fucking years. I think what they really should have done is I, I don't agree with having NXT take on the red or the blue. They should have stuck to NXT versus NXT and you should have brought their commentary team out. That oh. would have been a change of pace for the show. Because there was, there was nothing more terrible than trying to listen to, especially with Aleister Black, to hear Graves and Cole with everything they any kind of thing that sounded similar to Denmark trying to put him over. They should have let their storytellers tell their story. I thought the only one of these three that really did anything for themselves was Ricochet. Ricochet, along with Finn Balor, defeat Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley. And then Tuesday on SmackDown, he actually has a singles match with Eric Young, who I think we all forgot was even in the WWE, let alone on SmackDown. Uh, so I thought Ricochet actually looked pretty good with the exception of the way the commentators talked about him. The one that I felt really got hurt was Alistair Black. 
All right. So so you have the match with Elias. That was fine. You have the match with CN, which those two guys just have incredible chemistry. And it was nice that, you know, his his wife got to watch from basically ringside while he beat up her whatever the hell CN is. But the thing that just did it for me, you remember when the Ascension debuted and JBL just fucking buried them on their way to the ring when Mitchell Cole Let's out with the, oh yeah, when Alistair Black's music hit, immediately Alistair Black was not cool anymore. Like immediately. There's nothing that makes you less cool than Mitchell Cole telling you how fucking cool somebody is. Well, it's, it, you know, it's just, I'm trying to think, you know, it's like Mr. Rogers or Mr. Burns telling you something is excellent. You're like, you know, it's creepy. You know, it's weird. You know, it's wrong. Whenever it comes out of cold mouth. Just, oh, I'm so freaking irritated. So irritated. And here's the thing. So the way that this was explained to me, okay, these call-ups were absolutely planned for after SummerSlam. That's when all four of these talents were under the impression that they were coming up. Now that timeline has been moved to the Superstar Shake-Up. All four of these talents will be involved in the superstar shakeup. And in the meantime, they're just basically in NXT purgatory and everything goes back to the way that it was. They're never going to get to make their debut ever again. They fucking blew it just like they blew the Shawn Michaels return match in fucking Saudi Arabia. Well, at least there's at least there was one benefit of that. They got billions of dollars. This oh. got nothing. I, th- I thought you were going to say I didn't have to watch it. I know you watched it. No, you're lying. I haven't watched it. You're, you're lying to everyone. I know nope. you were up watching that thing. Nope. Uh, let's talk about SmackDown other than what they did with the NXT people. Uh, McMiz versus the Usos, official for Fastlane. Rick, who's, tu- who's going to turn on who? That's really the question here. Who's turning on who in the land? Well, here's here's what I'll tell you. I won't be on the fast lane to Cleveland that day. You know, it's 45 minutes out. No way I'm. Oh, you know what? I am going to be in Cleveland, but not for not for fast lane, because hey, our Wednesday partner here, Robin Nelson, he and I are going to uh, Pritchard Live. Ah, fantastic! Fantastic. Yeah, we're we're gonna hit that up. Uh, he's dragging me. Actually, he's dragging me into a Comic Con. Oh God. I, I, you know me, I'm not a comic guy. He's, he's, he's been rattling off, but you got to meet this guy. You got to, you got to see this person. And I'm like, I have no, I have no interest in this thing. I'm going because I'm your friend. I'm waiting till Sunday to this, but then he turned me on to something here. The cosplay girls. There's always that blue pants for the win. Um, Mandy Rose defeated Asuka on SmackDown. I don't think there's really anything to talk about there. I mean, that's just pretty much booking 101. We got to create a contender for Asuka for Fastlane and WrestleMania. I think you saw them both on SmackDown. It's going to be Mandy Rose at Fastlane. Obviously, she pinned Asuka. She's entitled to a title shot now. And then it's going to be Lacey Evans at WrestleMania. And here's the good thing about that. Who's that? Who's that? Who? Lacey Evans. The new queen? The new queen, Lacey Evans, getting set for one of the biggest matches of 
her young career on the grandest stage. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what she puts down, Asuka? And we have a, an actual, it's going to be like World War, World War II again. We're taking down them dirty Japs, and we're going to put a title on a beautiful American pinup. Well, here's the good news. If Lacey and, and Oscar, And I would like to, if, like to remind everyone I can use the word Jap because I am a quarter agent. So here's the good news. If Lacey and Asuka are already rehearsing this match, maybe it'll be good. That's hey, the maybe, good news about it. Maybe maybe that's where Asuka's been. She's been she's been laying out this match. Yeah, that that actually probably is fucking true. That's that's how much I think of Lacey Evans. She needs at least two months to plan out like a seven minute match that should be on the WrestleMania pre-show. Um, maybe seven those. hour pre-show. Yeah, right. Uh, Mandy Rose versus Oscar at Fastlane. Eh, I mean, you know it's, hold on, put the belt on Mandy and let's have Lacey versus Mandy at WrestleMania. Oh, for God's sake! Jesus Christ! If there was ever a time to go get more buffalo wings, um. How about Kofi Mania? You buying into Kofi Mania, Huckleberry? Well, it sounds like they're not. Who's not? The company. Seems really? Like, seems like he's getting scratched. Really? I guess I, I totally missed this. No, I, I guess, you know, the reports are out there that they really don't see. You know, he wasn't supposed to be in that part. They're grateful that he rose to the occasion. I thought he was going to, you know, take that thing, seize the opportunity to run with it. I don't think, you know, past uh, Fastlane, I don't think we're going to see much from him coming into WrestleMania season. Wow. That's going to blow up in their face real good. Well, I, I was absolutely I was absolutely shocked when I read something like that. I was like, why don't you run with this thing? Why don't you let it go? But, you know, it's one of those things where they think they know better and they want to squash. Thank you, sir. Next time we need you, come around. Yeah, it'll be on Rusev Day, right? Can you? He's probably sitting there back there laughing like, see? Told you. <laughs> this is how I've been feeling for three years. And people wonder why we say, don't you dare get yourselves over. Because look at what happens every fucking time somebody gets themselves over. Uh, speaking of getting themselves over, let's talk about the queen. Oh, yeah, Huckleberry. I'm excited to talk about your precious Shar Shar today. I noticed Ooh. that she's uh, she's absent there. Yeah, uh, who? If we want to talk about our queen, we're talking about Lacey. We're talking about the new queen. So I, I don't. Who's the shark? Charlotte Flair? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, I seriously question your taste in women. Uh, so on SmackDown, Charlotte comes out and she's showing off the battle wounds and cuts herself a little promo and everything. Uh, no Becky Lynch on Raw or SmackDown. I, I think that could have been handled better. I mean, they at least could have paid a little bit of lip service to Becky Lynch. No, they brought her up in those moments. Even, even Triple H talked about, he tried to actually steal a little bit of that thunder. And that's what I really was worried about on Monday is we had talked about, is there going to be a McMahon in each corner? Cause you saw him doing it. It was like, all right, I have to say this about her, but wasn't that cool that she just took things, you know, took, took the circumstance into her own hands and she beat their ass. I, I thought he was positioning himself for that. I can still see where, where Stephanie gets behind Rhonda because that's her prize, even though they had their issues, but she respects her and she wants to represent. She wants her to stay in WWE and obviously got fenced with, with Char, Charlotte. I was so afraid of that there, but they, they did. They talked about her. They said, Hey, you will be fired if you show up. 
I just think this entire storyline is awful. I also think that there's at least about 610,000 people who tuned in to Monday Night Raw that were expecting to see some kind of follow-up with the whole Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair thing off the top of the show, and then they shurned the show off when they realized that Becky wasn't going to be there. Well, you know, even at that, when you immediately throw out a threat, if you show up, you will be fired. What would Austin do? Right. And that's, you know, people, people like to make those comparisons and some people say it's not fair to compare them, but Austin would have drove his truck right, right in there. Yep. Go ahead. And, and, and whoops him at He would have pulled the stage down and said, you know what? I'm here. Arrest me. You didn't have the balls to do it last night. Yep. Just awful stuff. Uh, so let's talk about 205 Live. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about 205 Live because, Rick, they had a huge announcement. They were teasing major announcements for both 205 Live and NXT this week. And boy, did the IWC go crazy. We're merging 205 Live and NXT or we're killing 205 Live altogether. 205 Live is going to become the first hour of Raw. Uh, I, I heard all kinds of crazy theories. 205 Live's going to FS1. NXT's going to FS1. Heard all kinds. Oh, the Kushida announcement. That's what's going to happen on Tuesday. So here was the big announcement from 205 Live. We're going to have an eight-man tournament to crown the number one contender for WrestleMania. <clears throat> they did that same story last year. Yep, literally exactly the same story. Now, here are the first four men that have been announced for this tournament. Tony Nese versus Kalisto and Brian Kendrick versus Drew Gulak. Um, Rick, I'm pretty sure all four of those guys were actually in the tournament last year. All right, so let's rethink things. Let's step back and rethink things. We, we want to generate buzz around different brands, right? Why wasn't Drake Maverick out offering contracts to the NXT talent? Why they were on the red and blue this week? That would make sense. Maybe you could see Ricochet inside of this tournament. Right. And especially if you want to tease a merger, like something's going to happen here. And then you have like, even if you want to go back to like you were talking about, like they're going to take over the first hour. Then you have Drake negotiating for a better spot for his brand to grow that thing. Yep. Now, I do have a little bit of hope because they've only announced those four competitors. So we do have four more announcements to go. It would not surprise me to see them throw some swerves in there. And then we had the big announcement Wednesday on NXT. Are you ready for this one, Rick? Because this is a major announcement like all these talents that we're gonna strip champa of the title we're, we're the dream's gonna win the title and, and ricochet and alistair black they're already gone we're rebuilding nxt we're going to fs1 we're merging with nxt uk we're gonna do a huge crossover event nope the dusty classic is back that was your big announcement the dusty tag team classic is back and the winners of the Classic are going to be taking on your NXT Tag Team Champions War Machine at TakeOver New York. So now we're running with two brands running the same gimmick. Yep. Tournaments tournaments to get an opportunity. Yep. Now, let me, let me throw this at you. Let me throw this at you. You praise it with New Japan. Is it WWE just being lazy? Well, what it is, is 
WWE saying, oh, we have these huge major announcements. And everybody just kind of loses their minds and think that we're going to get huge major announcements, not the announcement of a tournament that we do every year. Hey, can we get any any fluency with the Dusty Classic? I mean, it's, it's been in August. It's been in like October. I mean, it's great that you're doing it every year, but can we know when it's coming up before we get excited about it? Yep. Uh, so here are the four teams that have been announced Four more to be announced next week. Uh, the Street Profits, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel, the Forgotten Sons, Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake. Those guys do anything for you? No, absolutely nothing. I, I've forgotten about them. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> no pun was absolutely intended. And then the only team that spikes my interest of any sort whatsoever, the Undisputed Era. Because Red Dragon is back. It's going to be the team of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly representing the Undisputed Era, the rightful NXT Tag Team Champions. How, how did they not blow through this thing? Well, there's still four more teams to be announced. All right, for, for shits and giggles, who would you put as that next four? Well, I, I know who the next four are. So, that, oh, okay. so, so I, I don't. So I'm thinking if you really want to spice this up, why don't you put the revival in there? Oh, that would be a good one. That would like, be a good one. Why don't you have the champs from the red blue? Why don't you put the bar in there somewhere? Like bring, mix it up a little bit. Mustache mountain. That, uh, would, may, be awesome. that would be awesome. Uh, the grizzled young veterans, your NXT UK tag team champions. Talk about some exposure. They need it. I mean, that, that's an amazing young team there, but, you know, that, that the grand universe doesn't know about. Uh, of course, neither one of those two teams are in it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said them because, like I said, I know who the other four teams are. Um, I can tell you off air if you want. Uh, we'll talk about it next week because there's some big stuff coming. I don't know. Don't ruin, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> okay, I won't. Uh, Mia Yim took on Zia Lee on NXT TV last night. And uh, this got interesting when Shayna Baszler and uh, Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke came out and just absolutely pummeled both women because they're pissed off at them. And that's what they're doing now. This is the second week in a row that we have seen this happen. Um, but this time they actually had a little bit of backup as we saw MJ Jenkins comes out and uh, Lacey Lane, both from the May Young Classic, getting some TV time. They come out and they got obliterated as well. But this is all leading to Mia Yim versus Shayna Baszler next week on NXT television. Not sure if it's for the title or not. Well, you know, it's, again, you know, it's, at least we're seeing uh, they're, they're building this up. You're seeing sides divided where we're getting like almost like a gang kind of warfare sort of deal. Yeah, we're, we're, we're starting to see the three horsewomen all assembled together as a unit, and it's only a matter of time until they join Ronda. Uh, the other big development inside of the women's division, I don't understand whatsoever. We have turned Bianca Belair back heel. I, I think, you know, this is an interesting situation with her. It's almost, you know, they let her have that moment. But I don't think they know what to do with her. I, I expect her to be called up right after WrestleMania because it's almost one of those, you know, you, you shit or get off the pot. Get her the hell out of there. Uh, she's good enough at this point. She's not going to get any better down in NXT. It's just, yeah, like you said, shit or get off where, the pot. 
Where where would you position her? I would send her to SmackDown. That SmackDown division needs some help, man. I mean, when we're talking about Mandy Rose or or well, Lacey me, Evans, if you're, you're, look at this. If you're taking Becky and Charlotte and you're putting them on the on the red brand, and you're hoping that's going to carry because you know every indication is that Ronda is gone after WrestleMania, I think you almost put put Bianca over on the blue brand, and I could see her working. Put her in that heel role against an Oscar or Naomi is your top, your top contenders in that division. Yep. Absolutely. Um, then we have the saga of Johnny wrestling, Candice LeRae and Tommaso Ciampa. Um, Johnny wrestling, no longer Johnny champion as the Velveteen dream captures the North American championship from Johnny wrestling. Uh, but before the match, as Johnny's standing back there and he's doing his Stevie Richards fitness, he's got out the, the resistance bands. Candace comes up and says, you know what you've got to do. And Johnny says, yeah, I know. And then Ciampa comes walking in and Candace is like, what the hell are you doing here? And Johnny explains to Ciampa, I did this on my own. I didn't need you for this. And I don't need you now. I've got everything I need right here in reference to Candace LeRae and the North American Championship. So Tommy Entertainment goes up into the upper deck of uh, Full Sail and uh, watches Johnny Wrestling lose the NXT North American Championship. Obviously, Johnny did need Ciampa. See what happens when you go against the grain, when you don't just listen to the champ and fall in line, Rick? Well, you know, the, the, the champ dropped the title because he has to wrestle these nonsense matches on Monday and Tuesday before he gets to Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's go with that. So Velveteen Dream, your new North American champion, like that a lot. Uh, then we also saw a sit down with Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle, and he's being interviewed, Rick, by Jeremy Borash. JB getting some airtime on NXT television. The entire interview is up and available on YouTube. They only showed a teaser on NXT TV, which I thought was smart. I bet you it's got a ton of, like, tens of thousands of views at this point. Matt Riddle's coming for that North American championship. It's going to be Matt Riddle and the Velveteen Dream at TakeOver New York. That's absolutely what I'm expecting. Now, you talk about splitting an audience. You got the Dream versus the Bros here. I mean, that's going to be an ultimate divider. Does Dream go, like, full bore back heel? Because, I mean, he's kind of a tweener. To begin with, yeah, he, he he pretty much has to be kind of your flavor. You, you have to have a, a want a need for that. And I don't, I don't ever think that he you know he's ever really wanted to be that baby. It's just people have gravitated, gravitated towards him. They appreciate his work ethic, which is kind of throws everything that we that we know about the dot dot the darlings and all that out because it wasn't like he paid his dues. I mean, this guy came from tough enough, right? Yeah, Patrick. Oh, good old. Very it's going to be very interesting to see how this thing plays out. Yes, that I do agree with. Uh, so Huckleberry, that's the show. That's everything, man. I know it it looked like it was going to be a long show, but this is actually a pretty good one. Unless there's anything else that you wanted to talk about this week from the world of professional wrestling. Well, hold on. It looks like we got about 30 more minutes that we get for spare time here. So can, can I elaborate a little more on Lacey Evans? 
So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Then head over to the Roar Network at thegorillaposition.com. Check out some of our friends like Going Home with Ryan and Michael, Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl, and a whole lot more. Also search Hacker Hameen on your favorite podcast listening device so you never miss any content from RVV and myself over in the locker room on Mondays. And then stay tuned throughout the course of the week for our, our, our jolly gag of gentlemen. How about we call them that? The golly jag of gentlemen. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, also, be sure that you visit our friend Jamie over at LastWordOnProWrestling.com daily for all your news from around the world of professional wrestling. Find the show on Twitter and Instagram at HTMPWPod, Facebook, and Twitch, Hitting the Marks. Email us at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. Find me across all social media at NotJargo. RBV, where does Lacey Evans find you? There's only one spot to find me. It's going down tomorrow night. It's battle on the border for pro wrestling because your boy's making his debut on the commentary. Who's in the main event? It's a triple threat. We've got a three-way for the Covenant, one of the most prestigious titles in all professional wrestling. Brandon Xavier, the newly crowned battle on the border heavyweight champion, is going to be defending that not, not against just one, but two international superstars. The Heart Foundation's Brian Pillman Jr. And I know one of your favorites from the Bullet Club, the Crown Jewel, Chase Owens. The only Crown Jewel that I give a shit about, Chase Owens. Love me some Chase. So that's it for this week's show. We'll talk to you Monday over in the locker room. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! Watch your fingers. Enable me. Don't give up. I'll be your bad guy. Stop, stop.